AMA 50 KFUO Worldwide at KFUO.org. I'm Gary Duncan. This is the Midday Moments program. It's time now for our Moment of Faith with Pastor Doug Nicely of Jerusalem Lutheran Church in Collinsville, Illinois. Hi, Doug. Hi, Gary. Good to talk to you this afternoon. And uh, we're going to continue our, our journey for the next few weeks as we go through the chapters early in St. Matthew's Gospel. Uh, because those are the correspond with the Sunday readings. And and this Sunday probably is, is my favorite sermon text, but we'll get to that in just a little bit, okay? Okay, sounds good. Uh, let me do the context between last week and this, this week on, on Sunday readings. The books of the Bible were written. Its writers weren't aware that they were writing chapters and verses. So sometimes it's good for us to remember what we read from Sunday to Sunday in context. For instance, last week we heard Jesus calling his first disciples by the Sea of Galilee. St. Matthew then quotes the prophet Isaiah talking about the people who lived in this region. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region of the shadow of death, on them the light has drawn. Uh, the point made here is that Jesus is intentionally choosing a bad neighborhood to begin his public ministry. And we talked about that a little bit last week. Uh, but then uh, we come to chapter 5, and it begins what we know today as the Beatitudes. And this is what the kingdom of heaven is all about. And that wouldn't have anything to do with what neighborhood you're preaching. Well, about 40 years ago, a musician named David Haas took the words of Jesus' teaching of the Beatitudes and made them into a hymn. And I just absolutely really like this hymn. Uh, here are the first two verses and the chorus. Blessed are they, the poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are they, full of sorrow, they shall be consoled. Rejoice and be glad, blessed are you, holy are you, rejoice and be glad, yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are they, the lowly ones, they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they, who hunger and thirst, they shall have their fill. Rejoice and be glad. Blessed are you, holy are you, rejoice and be glad. Yours is the kingdom of God. Did you see what, um, what what David Haas did? He talks about they, and then in the chorus he says, blessed are you. So he makes the connection between those who are going through these things in the actual verse in the scriptures. He says, this is how we, we become blessed ourselves. There is much sadness in the story of the songwriter David Haas. He married his fellow composer, Gene Cotter, in 1968. At the time, Cotter was 16 years old and Haas was 23. They divorced in 1995. Haas' music was published in the hymnals of several denominations. Then in May 2020, uh, just a couple of years ago, a letter was sent by an advocacy group accusing Haas of sexual misconduct with nearly a dozen victims over the years. Later that year, 14 more women reported that they too had been assaulted. Later that year, Haas wrote an apology on his website, saying, I have come to realize that I have caused great harm to a variety of people. I make no excuse for any harm that I have caused. I take responsibility for my behavior, and I am truly sorry. Well, the irony here is that David Haas wrote these lyrics from the Beatitudes 
and then became one of those to whom Jesus was referring. In our world, we would prefer to take a person like David Haas and throw him over the cliff, and that would be it for him. But I'm reminded of one time when Jesus had the scribes and Pharisees um, bringing a woman caught in adultery to him. They said to him, and I'm quoting from John chapter 8, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? They said this to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who was without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more, he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go. And from now on, sin no more. You know, what people think is um, we're sinners because we sin, but it's actually the other way around. We sin because we're sinners. And here, yeah. here in our world, we judge people's sins based on the, the level of the damage done or the sin done. But to God, sin is sin. Or the notoriety. Yeah, and because we're sinners. So we are doing those sins because of that sinful nature we have. Like you said, we might want to throw someone like that over the cliff. We're the same thing. We are a sinner. We might not do those particular sins. But, right. uh, you know, I'm glad we have a Christ that forgives all sins. Absolutely. Let's listen to verse 3. Okay. Blessed are they who show mercy, mercy shall be theirs. Blessed are they, the pure in heart, they shall see God. Rejoice, be glad, blessed are you, holy are you, rejoice and be glad. Yours is the kingdom of God. Now, Gary, I'm not saying that um, this guy or anybody should be excused from judicial and or financial consequences for their actions. I'm just saying what Jesus taught to the woman caught in adultery. From now on, sin no more. After all, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Have there been times in our lives when we have been lost ourselves? Maybe not in the same way, but I think all of us have found those times in our lives if we are serious about what has happened in our lives, and we know that Jesus can redeem us from our sins. Also, I think about when you see some of these TV shows where there's a crime victim, and and they say, Mm -hmm. I forgive the person who killed my loved one or whatever, you know, and people are like, how can you forgive them? Basically, as you said, we're not saying that because we forgive them, they shouldn't face the consequences. We're basically no. saying we're not going to hold you personally accountable to us. We forgive you of mm-hmm. that sin. But let the judicial system do what the judicial system does and, and put those people away. But we forgive because Christ has forgiven us. Yeah, and um, uh, as I, this is one of my standard Bible teachings. You probably heard me say it a number of times over the years. But tell me, 
What do Moses, King David, and St. Paul all have in common? Murderers? Yeah, you have three murderers listed there. And look what God has done with three murderers. Isn't that amazing? Would you like to lead us in a prayer, Doug? Lord, your kingdom comes to those who have been your enemies as well as those who have been your followers. We know this because we have been each of these types of people. Give us your word of grace and forgiveness, for we need it. And we pray in the name of Jesus, who is still saving us from our sins. Amen. Amen. What are we talking about next week, Doug? Well, we're going to continue on in the Sermon on the Mount, and uh, in the next section, uh, Jesus tells us, you are the light of the world. He says, you are the light of the world, not me. You are the light of the world. And this isn't an easy assignment for us. Well, let's take a look at a hymn that teaches us how this happens, and that hymn is called Holy Spirit Ever Dwelling. Okay, I look forward to that. Right. Thanks for being on the program today. Oh, you're welcome, Gary, and uh, God's blessings. We are listener-supported KFUO. We are the messenger of good news.